Okay, recording. God, I remember this one. Creaky chakati, creaky tatata, Yes, very funny. Hey, hi, hello, everybody. Hey. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm here, too. We're off to a great start. What else is new? Hello, everyone. This is Guy, you're a non-binary smith, and the one who plays the clips is Andrew. That's me. Welcome to the Meet the Monsters for Dragula season four that's right we're back it's been a year not really it's only been like i mean because i think the resurrection special came out in like october November. yeah right so it hasn't been a full year yet you can't costize it like we did with season 11 yeah, months. we're getting there it'll have been a year by the time the new season actually drops but well when did we put out an episode well the question is when did we put out the episode that See, so you don't have this stuff ready. I'm getting Spotify. I can go look at it real quick because I'm subscribed to our podcast. I do too. 31st of October, 2020, November. We were almost a year out because that was put. Yeah, that was fun. Although we did take like two weeks off. I guess. Oh, that's because it was two episodes in one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have more of a consistent release schedule. Yeah. With more stuff than just Dragula, hopefully we'll be getting done with, we'll do some, we'll go through a recap of Drag Race Thailand seasons one and two. And do season three when that drops. Right. Uh, probably do Drag Race UK. We had been planning. We'll probably do the same things we did with UK that we're doing with Thailand is just do a quick, basically run it like a marathon like three episodes at once per episode and then like an hour 40 minute or like a 40 to hour long span spending like 20 minutes on each episode do like three episodes per one so we, until we get to the new season where we can specifically take the time to pull out details and focus on each individual episode yeah it's more like playing catch-up at the moment just right. so that we have a little bit of a baseline of what's going in. Because remember, you know, yes, we're two gays drag cast, even though at this point it's literally two gays dragula cast, but we swear we do other drag stuff. Yes. It's just, we tend to be focused specifically on dragula because it's fun. And also underreported. Yeah, that too. The whole premise of this whole podcast was basically any drag race related content or drag content that is excluding the drag race US and all stars US because that is what is so heavily focused on. Yeah. Again, yes, we've kind of exclusively just gone with Dragula, but we will be getting into other stuff such as Drag Race UK, Drag Race Thailand, possibly Drag Race Canada, if that ever season comes out. Uh, we will not be doing Drag Race Down Under because that's a shit show and I will not associate myself with it. Like I said, you know, basically just other Drag Race stuff. I will say Drag Race Holland Season 1 is an absolute terrible shit show, but Envy Peru is amazing and I love her. And <laughs> Season 2 is definitely a lot better. Stan, Vanessa Van Cartier, and uh, that's all I need to say about that. You don't even need to watch that season. Just stand that person. They are amazing. They are wonderful. Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping. I will do the whole meme. I don't care. I hope she wins. It would be great. A mother and daughter because she is Envy's drag mother. One of Envy's drag mothers. And so to have a mother and daughter winning back-to-back, -back, uh, that'd be so nice. Yeah. But I'm getting off topic. We're talking about Dragula. Remember Dragula? They're back. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be covering it because that's literally all we've done over the last three to four years yep it's been four years holy fuck has it been yeah i guess kind of more well, i would say three mm. no it's four years since the blossoms and smith show because that started in 2017 yeah but those episodes aren't as easy to find as if we're going into some antics it's really only been two years that the podcast can be found in a more accessible place so i would say two years actually two years since two years drag cast was a thing yes and hopefully many more years to come with actual non-year-long breaks, but don't hold your breath. Yeah. Anyway, how about we get into these fucking meeting the monsters? First starting with our Dragula hosts themselves, the Bula Boudiers. In their usual pretty standard black and red sort of latex look with crazy fingers, white hair, like some sort of white contacts. These ones have like bug hexagon patterns in them. Yep. Very fascinating. I guess I'll do the little EU article about it. EW 
is revealing the 10 performers. It's really 11, but we're not going to get into that because that 11th one hasn't been revealed yet. Oops, I spill spoilers. You'll never know. Tee-hee-hee-hee-hee. Unless you watched last year's Resurrection yeah. special. But... but they haven't actually said it yet, but I'm sure she'll be... You'll see them around once the actual season starts, but we'll get to that when we do those reviews. Anyway, following its debut in 2016, Dracula's become a cult hit among Drad fans for its dangerously absurd challenges, that's one way of putting it, that have seen contestants jumping out of planes, that saw a contestant jumping out of plane, lest you forget Valencia actually dropped out of it, but yeah. yes, piercing their skin with giant needles, eating boogs, yum 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 yum, jolting themselves with electric currents, that sounds like a fun time, getting embarrassing tattoos, you call it embarrassing, I call it contractually obligated <laughs> and actually i wonder if they could didn't have to i bet it would have been if, i wonder if the, if the valencia sort of situation where they could have said no fuck it i'm not getting the tattoo just kill me i bet they could have done that because i mean they let valencia just oh, say certainly. no see that's the nice thing because i remember like because i wonder like if multiple contestants refuse i imagine they have backups i would hope so i just wonder like because you never see that like on drag race i mean you almost saw that on drag race canada when alona was like i don't want to do this i can't do it but they like almost forced mm. her to do it but it makes me wonder, like, what would happen if, like, Drag Race, like, you know what, fuck it, I just don't want to, I'm not going to lip sync, goodbye. Well, no, wait, I take it back, because Jenny Lemon did that. Never mind, I take it back. She just walked <laughs> off. Okay, never mind. I retract all my statements. We'll get to that when we go through the reviews of Drag Race UK, but I didn't think about that. I was like, is there anybody who's never, and I'm like, oh yeah, Jenny Lemon, duh. Okay, never mind. Uh, where was I? Aha. And beating the hell out of each other in the middle of the desert. That was a fun episode. Outside of such shocking obstacles, the show has built on three core tenets. Filth. Let, wait, I'm trying to remember how it does it in the intro. Drag. Uh, yeah, no. Filth. Filth horror, horror. Glamour. glamour. That's right. You didn't have to do it like them because you will never be them. Anyway, filth, horror, and glamour, all of which the contestants fuse with fashion for the program's recurring floor show runway presentations. Instead of facing elimination at the end of each episode, however, I mean, it kind of is elimination, they just call it extermination, but still, the lowest scoring queen is exterminated in an elaborate scripted scene that usually sees the Boulay brothers killing them in spectacularly campy ways. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Past Dragula winners include Drag Race's champions... Uh, had a, oh my god, had a big tongue twister trying to read that, excuse me. Past Dragula winners include Drag Race champion Sasha Velour's nightgown star, holy shit, that was a mouthful, Vander Von Odd, who I love, and honestly, again, Bitch Pudding's probably gonna unfollow me, please don't, I love you so much, baby, I, you know I love you, bitch, you're my favorite, but for me, out of all the winners, I think Vander Von Odd is just the quintessential, like, you know how, like, because, again, there's no real spoilers when it comes to Dragula, but you know how you can, like, look at somebody and be like, that's my winner. I watched the season. I've watched it since the very beginning. Like I said, Landon, I wanted to win, but I didn't necessarily know if they were going to win until, like, a couple episodes in. Same with Bitch Pudding. Vander Von Odd, I knew that motherfucker was going to win from the first episode the moment... That water was splashed on her, and she said, No, Angeles, no tap water. This proves that I am, should be speaking, and you shouldn't be. The line was Los Damn. Angeles tap water, not San Francisco. Fuck! <laughs> I know that because I literally just rewatched the episode today because I was thinking about it. <laughs> of course you did. Oh god, I totally peaked. Yes, you did. But I specifically remember that, and that is the moment I saw that and I said, that is my winner. There is no other choice. That is the winner of Dragula Season 1, and I was right. Vander Von Odd is just so fucking amazing. Oh my god. Anyway. We love Vander here. Well, I love all of them. I, I just happen to love Vander the most. But Bitch Pudding, literally one of my favorite people and a good friend. Not really, but she does follow me on Twitter and makes me happy that, I mean, a lot of queens follow me on Twitter, but she was really nice about it because I just asked her to and she was like, yeah, sure, why not? And we have fun conversations every so often. I love her. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, she specifically is also the one who really, you know, they've all done amazing things in their own way. Vander just being jumpstarting, working with Sasha Malou doing her own things. Bitch Pudding was really the one who, with 2020 and the pandemic going on, she was actually the one who pushed in digital drag into a whole new era of its performances with all the things that she did to help digital drag go into a basically new level of stuff which was really great because a lot of queer nightlife suffered throughout the coronavirus pandemic obviously and bitch pudding was one of the many drag queens but she was one of the ones who definitely like put digital drag into the forefront and said no nah, motherfuckers we ain't gonna let this get us down we're gonna perform from our living rooms and we're gonna do it fabulously and that's one of the reasons i fucking love her and then of course we have our season three winner landon cider the first drag king to compete on the dragula show and win However, not the first drag king to actually win a drag competition. That achievement goes to Hugo Gurr from season one of House of Drag, the uh, Australian-New Zealand show 
that was hosted by Kita and Anita, who later went on to do Drag Race Down Under. I still think it's so funny how, like, Kita and Anita and Elektra... Well, firstly, Kita and Anita were the host of the show, and Elektra was literally a contestant who basically worked for them in drag shows later. And then they all just fucking come in on Drag Race Down Under and were like, oh... I guess we're doing this, huh? Power team. Really? I mean, the one of them ended up winning. Thanks, Kita. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only good out of the four. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, like I said, literally, Drag Race... Do- oh, can we get... We should make an episode getting into drag. I think we could do that. Yeah, I think we'll do that. We, won't we can do d- an overview episode, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do an overview episode of how fucking... Uh, how how did it go to shit? How much of a wild fucking roller coaster train ride it was. Because when your top four is racist racist person who was eliminated episode two came back episode four and got literally zero wins for the entirety of their run from beginning to end and then just good person who is good and is a winner and deserves the crown that's something else when it comes like holy shit yeah what option do you have exactly oh my god but that's something we'll get into when we do that episode for now let's get back to like it's said, land insider drag king literally i remember the first time oh did we do? I don't think we did a Meet the Monsters, but we did a just general thoughts, I think, over episode one. And uh, you could hear us gushing about Landon, and uh, I just love it. Anyway, oh no, I have to continue going on because I like to give the overviews because I gotta do something with this voice. Anyway, AMC Network's horror theme service Shudder commissioned the horror theme drag competition for a fourth season earlier this year after bouncing literally like a ping pong ball over 17,000 different networks for the last five or six ye- a couple of years. Starting first on Hey Queen TV on YouTube, which is. <sighs> that's somewhere to start, I'll give you that fucking much. Jesus. Humble beginnings. That's one way of putting it. Rest in peace, Lady Red. Mm, I miss Lady Red. Mm. The one good thing about that damn show, because no offense, Johnny McGovern annoys the shit out of me, and I will go to my grave going like that. But Lady Red was amazing, and I miss her deeply. Anyway, so that happened. Then WoW picked them up for a second season, so they were on the WoW Presents channel. I always think any show, any reality competition, this is something I'd like to say. Yes, this episode is probably going to be taking forever because I'm actually in a good mood. It means I'm going to talk more, and hopefully y'all enjoy that. Y'all listen to this shit, so I hope that's what you enjoy. i just like to say my thoughts. When reality competition shows are on a streaming service, it's incredibly funny to me, and, like, somewhat pleasing, because, like, that's a stupid decision to make. Because everyone's just going to skip to the end. You know they are. It's so funny to me. Like, obviously, if you put it on television, there's ads. They can't skip ahead just immediately. There's stuff. It has to be in order. But when you put something like that on a streaming service, they're like, look, me. Oh, look at the end. I can see who won or I can see who went home. For some reason, the thought of that is just really fucking funny to me that people just be like, yes, let's put this on a streaming service where people can just get to the literal end of whatever and be like, you know what? I watched that win home. I'm done for the episode. I'm going to bed. Good night. At least until like maybe a day later or something when they actually decide to watch the episode. But I don't know. Stuff like that is just really funny to me. I will say, like I said, uh, so it was WoW Presents. Then Prime Amazon picked it up, but that was a literal shit show with bad timing, bad episode uploads, bad everything, with the exception of, you know, the actual season being rather decent, although people seem to have Oh, there was a lot of fan discourse back then with people fighting. I'm team this person. I'm team this person. I'm team this person. I'm team this person. It was very opinionated. It's a fucking, it's a fucking reality show. Please, I get it. Drag Race and Dragula and all that are basically the gay Super Bowls. But like, it's not that fucking serious. Please, it's not that fucking serious. It's a television show. What can you do about it? What can you do about it? I think the only thing I can think of is. No, I can't even think of Because I feel like the producers weren't ever going to be stupid enough to crown. I know we're getting back into Down Under. I don't think they were ever going to be dumb enough because technically Scarlet had the best track record out of the four. The racistest of the racist. I mean, how much everyone's, they're both racist. But like, I guess between Karen and Scarlet, Scarlet was the more, they're both racist. But anyway, um, but she had the best track record. Did production think about crowning her? Probably before it came out. But there was so much fan backlash, I think maybe that could have helped. But I also just really think production wasn't that stupid enough to crown her. But my, my point is, for, I feel like for the most part, yelling about it, angry, this and this and this, getting all up in arms about shit. It's a film production. It's been filmed for months, possibly over a year. You can't do much about it. Stop trying to kill people. Oh my god, I like this queen. I will fucking rip your head off. Like, just stop. Unless they're a legit terrible person, like the person we're going to get to later, but we'll get to that when we get to that person. <sighs> Foreshadowing. Just, like, just let people like who they like. Please. Anyway, 
So with the Prime being an absolute shit show, it was finally picked up after with the Resurrection special and now season four to somewhere where I think it's literally finally found its fucking home. Like this seems like a perfect combination. Well, first it had to be on Netflix. Well, yes, but that was just them, I think, picking it up for U.S. distribution because I know it's still on Prime and like a couple of other places. But now, now it has been picked up, I think, worldwide by this particular uh, by Shudder, which is AMC Network Shudder which is literally a horror-themed streaming service. I think that's perfect for the Boulades, and hopefully that'll be their home for a while until a TV show or TV channel or something, I guess, picks them up, which you never know. We could see, but... Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they were still on OutTV, weren't they? Yeah, that's true. They do have OutTV in Canada, and I think uh, Australia, maybe? Or is that Spin? No, I believe OutTV has both uh, Canadian and Australian broadcasting. Like I said, I'll have to look it up. But I do like that. But like I said, I think Shudder is more just, it fits perfectly. Anyway, uh, upon the acquisition, Dragula's prize money was increased to $100,000 for the first time in the franchise's history. It's only been four seasons. Like, there's going to be that many first times. It is a bit of a shocking jump compared to Drag Race, which also got its jump to $100,000 in its fourth season. But the rise was more, I guess, understandable. As in with Drag Race, it was $10,000, $25,000, $75,000, $100,000. With Dragula, it was $10,000, $10,000, $25,000, or $20,000. No, I think it was $25,000. And then just $100,000 with $20,000 for Resurrection. That's kind of a huge jump, but a good jump. Great jump for whoever wins. Tell you that much. Anyway, season four just judges include Vanessa Hudgens. She's feeling very spooky right now. It's Poppy. Orville Peck, and Drag Race Season 8 winner Bob the Drag Queen, with more to be announced as the season gets closer. The Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 4 will premiere on October 19th on Shudder. No, we're... Shudder. Oh my god. On Shudder. No, we're not sponsored, but I just like to get information out there so people have the most accurate information they can. And now, we're going to go through the actual monsters! Only, like, 20 minutes late! 20 minutes into the what episode. Do you expect? Into the recording. What do you expect from us? You know what you're getting into. You've listened to all the other episodes. Maybe. I would hope so. Please be listen to the other episodes so you know how crazy we are. We're just two gay we're just two gay aspies who don't know how to shut the fuck up, please. We don't. We really we don't. don't. But you know what? That's the whole point of us being in a podcast. Exactly. Anyway, let's get to our monsters in order of appearance, because that's how you want to do it. I personally would have just gone in order of how they have it here in the EW article. So that way I don't have to keep running around the page going in order of all the people. But your way is also fine. We'll just do it in the way they do it in the trailer. First up is Coco Kane. God damn it, where is it? There it is. Okay. Coco Kane. I think they made a tweet about something recently. I have to go look at it. Like a good tweet, basically. Because I guess people were calling them out or something. Because uh, I love this look. Hold on, I have to find it. You can talk about the look yourself while I go get the... To, I guess preemptively say coco Kane basically identifies as zombie stripper damn these are some look i can agree because there's a lot of looks they've been putting out today on their twitter and instagram and i gotta tell you it's some draka some high ah there it is i secretly for some reason it just makes me happy it's like i secretly get a kick of how hard some girls cringe at my ripped tights fishnets and hose which as you can see in the promo and picture it is uh i saw the fishnets and they were ripped like that wasn't intentional but i don't care because i love it i love this whole look it definitely gives me zombie stripper i love it from the top of her head to the bottom of the heels it is wonderful it is i don't i mean it literally gives off zombie stripper everything's big and bombastic i mean the boobies they make my boobies look small like goddamn those earrings like, the earrings are big. Everything is just big and beautiful and boo delicious. And I just, the booty, the boobs, the hair, the fur, the, uh, it's just gorgeous. The heels, everything. I just love it. I love everything about it. Anyway, now we do the profiles because I can't get enough of my own voice. I don't know. <laughs> Hometown, Tulsa, pronouns, they, them, drag style, drag shapeshifter. Coco infuses their drag with equal parts seduction and horror, and is bringing a strong dose of body positivity to the show. As a self-described zombie stripper, Coco feels they have what it takes to snatch the crown and bring something to the competition that no other competitor in previous seasons has. As an underrepresented black drag performer who performs alternative and horror drag, Coco feels it's important for them to show up, represent their community, and bring home the crown. And I very much agree. I love this. I love the look. I love... I do, I do agree. There's underrepresented black drag performers, which I must admit is definitely something that, at least for the last two seasons, I think the Belays had a small problem with. I mean, in general, because there was 
Season 1 had two black queens who had Foxy and Meatball. Season 2 only had one in Kendra. Season 3 only had one in Saint. And now we have three on Season 4, which I think is really good. Definitely a step up. You know, it's just everybody deserves everybody deserves to get their own spot to shine. You get just white queens, Asian queens, black queens, Latino queens, male que- uh, drag kings, AFAB queens, trans queens. Like I said, you know, everybody deserves their time to shine. And like, that's the problem I really have, I guess, if I'm going to get into my own little rant. My problem with Drag Race nowadays is that there's still so much underrepresentation you know it's like cis my white cis male queen yay it's another 13 blonde white bitches (laughs) obviously there are great you know black performers that we get like oh simone just like "Mm, candy muse bringing the fucking drama to the season la la well she had that bag look no i'm kidding (laughs) she fucking slayed the house with her lip syncs and shit and then uh one of the most incredible performers on season 13 joey J being out there being the only contestant on that season to be gay. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, that shit, that shit was so funny. The, the whole old memes of like, Joey J being the first openly gay contestant. I thought that was the funniest shit. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so unfortunate that it's underrepresented in general drag culture that people just think of. They're like, oh yes, I must. Oh, skinny, white, and blonde. Yes, I like it. And I'm not saying you can't be skinny, white, and blonde and be entertaining or good. It's just frustrating that other people who deserve the spotlight as well don't get to share in that and that's fucked up so i'm hoping stuff like dragula who does give more of an eye to like i said underrepresented in asian or black or latinx or trans or afab or drag king and just other alternative forms of drag that don't just have to be a man dressing up as a woman or just one window of it you know Mm-hmm. And that's the one, that's definitely the thing I like about the Boulay Brothers Dragula is that it shows such a wider spectrum, I think. Yeah. And just, and it, you know, the thing is, the problem is I think it's mostly uh, just relegated specifically to drag race on a different, like in, I would say maybe the US or just in North America. Maybe not a, spe- uh, like it's, or not uh, the one I'm thinking of. I don't remember, but like Canada, UK are, and others aren't as, although season three definitely got some. We'll talk about Victoria Scone another time. Stan Victoria Scone, that's on a whole nother thing. <laughs> but I just, you know, compared to another one of my favorite series, Drag Race Thailand, compared to Drag Race US, in the two seasons they had, third upcoming next year, I'm so excited we're going to get into that. But in the two seasons they had, they crowned a plus-size winner and a trans winner, who were both very deserving of their wins. I think it took, I was going to say, until Drag Race UK Season 2 to crown Rue to crown a plus-size winner. And it took All-Stars 6... For them to crown a trans winner. And that's not just to say like. Hey they're trans. Hey they're plus size. Crown them immediately. No. Obviously you still have to be good at your craft. And not just get crowned. But it just feels like there have been queens. Who fit into that. Either being a trans queen. Or being a plus size queen. Who are good at their craft. And then just kind of get overlooked in one way or another. And it's fucked up. And I'm going on this huge ass rant. I need to shut up. We need to get back to the queens. Why do I do this? You know what? It's because I can't shut my mouth. I just get on and I talk. And I feel like people enjoy that, but I don't know. Please let me know if y'all enjoy this, please. (laughs) I need to know. Like, I hope y'all do because I enjoy giving you the content and just talking and being myself, I guess, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I enjoy listening to you on your soapboxes occasionally. Yes. Well, you're my boyfriend. You kind of have, not have to, but I would be, you know, remiss if you didn't. It's better if I do. (laughs) Yeah, I would be remiss if you didn't, but I would like to get the opinion of other people as well. I hope y'all enjoy this. Anyway, I love this look. I give it a toot. I want to see more from Coco Kane, and hopefully we'll get to see more from Coco Kane. Anyway, next up. After Coco is La Zavaleta. La Zavaleta. Hometown, Mexico City. Pronouns, she, her, they, them. Drag style, drag artist. La Zavaleta is a recent transplant to the Brooklyn, New York drag scene, hailing originally from her hometown of Mexico City, Mexico. She makes it sexy and scary in all of her drag looks, and is known for being an incredible live performer who always sets the stage on fire. La Zavaleta is chasing the American dream and hopes to prove that putting her time, effort, and drive into her aspirations will allow her to manifest her destiny and bring home the crown. This look is fine. Nothing too exciting. I think it's, I think it's definitely a problem of all-black look on an all-black background, but that's literally going to happen every season. I mean, you see it happen. 
Um, like I said, I like the glasses. I like the the arm things. I think those are cool, but I don't think this is like taking anything over the top. But that's the whole point of the show. This is just a promo look. Hopefully, I'll be able to see more from them in the show themselves, even if it's just for an episode or a couple episodes, or even if they make it all the way to the end. Who knows? It's it's the whole point of you can't just base everything based on a promo, obviously. And but just from this, I'm not super excited. But I'm there's no super wow factor, but right. there's no like hate factor. But no, it's not bad. I don't think any of these promo. I was gonna say like this is probably. I think every. I don't think no, that's not true. Season one was kind of garbage. <laughs> Season one's promos were kind of garbage. Some of those promos were ooh. But I think for the most part, when it comes to Dragula, I don't think any of them ever really have like outright bad looks, and I think that's pretty impressive. So like I said, for this at best, at worst, this is like a meh. Uh, you know that, this is Yavska levels of mm, interesting in terms of how people probably would i was to say it. some people yeah because some people loved it and were like oh it's my drag axolotl yay or drag monster axolotl mine i remember that whole yes with, one of those yes people. you were one of those people you're like axolotls. oh my god it's a drag monster axolotl gimme 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 and it's just like yes uh everyone else being scary yovska blowing bubbles uh, i'll never forget that meme <laughs> anyway like this look it's a soft toot i'm ready to move on because this episode is long enough as it is and i'm also going to be taking another 15 minutes to praise this beautiful next amazing queen oh my god i love them so much please step on me mommy <laughs> step on me vampire mommy please please next up is sigourney beaver it says des moines but i do believe it's all it's chicago illinois is the hometown i think at least from what i with tiny mira hi tiny mira is des moines but i think she's transplanted to chicago now. that's that's yeah i think that is say that's the whole thing with another queen later but we'll get to that but like i said uh, tiny mira says they're really sweet which makes me very happy uh hi tiny i'm gonna send this podcast episode to you just because i mentioned you please listen hi <laughs> she's really nice go follow tiny mira i believe i can actually give i mean Again, if anybody's going to listen to this, I don't know. But um, I really like Tiny Mira. She's like the nicest person. Yeah, just at Tiny Mira. Go follow her. She's in the Chicago drag scene. She literally knows all the queens because she is literally a bright ray of sunshine. So everybody just wants to be friends with her as they should. And I love her very much. And she has said that Sigourney is very nice and she likes her, which is automatically a plus in my book. But it also doesn't hurt that she literally stepped on my neck and came out with this gorgeous fucking look that basically makes her look like the third Boulet brother. Like, oh my god, mommy, I, I am, I am, uh, the, the hair, the eyes, the tattoos, the latex, the shoe, the, 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 the garter belt, the, the everything, collar. the, the, uh, I love it. I love it so much. I, I, I love this just like with my entire body. Oh my god. This is the level of, like, this is horror glamour. Like, she is literally the vampire queen. Like, oh my god, she is going to suck all of your blood out, and you are going to enjoy every moment of it. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, let me get into this person, because I'm lit I could praise her for the next ten years if I could. Uh, she Pronoun she, her, self-described AFAB queen. Uh, drag queen. Sigourney Beaver is a self-described hyper-femme AFAB queen, or as she likes to put it, a female impersonator impersonator, which is absolutely amazing. Sigourney is a killer beauty queen who loves to hypnotize audiences with her piercing white eyes and sky-high hair. Coming from a burlesque background, Sigourney incorporates the art of the tease into all of her drag performances. With several pageant titles under her belt, Sigourney is hoping to add the world's next drag super monster to her already impressive resume, and I would love to introduce her to being the world's next drag super monster. Oh, she's so pretty, and also so stunning, and it's literally just perfection. I want to eat it up on a spoon with a silver platter. It's so amazing. And I've seen her other, like, this is just this. I also, after this, of course, I go and check out the other monsters and stuff if, any, if I haven't seen them before. And I've seen her other looks, and I'm just like, it's another just level of absolute artistry and amazing, and I can't praise this person enough. I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes. Let's move on, please, before I end up spending 20 minutes talking about her. It's an absolute shoot. Yeah, all I'm going to say is shoot the look and Absolutely. shoot the name. Like, come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Shoot, shoot. It's just... Oh, it's so beautiful. The giant cape, the latex, the, the wings, the, the, the knit collar. Never mind, let's move on. I'm going to just keep praising it. Here's another person we can praise, though. You're Formaldehyde. Right. This is praising for a completely different, whereas, you know, Sigourney was high glamour 
horror drag. This is straight horror. This is straight Silent Hill nurse on acid and needles and everything. And it's horror to the max. And I fucking love it. Oh my God. Formaldehyde looking amazing. And uh, I believe I described it in a post somewhere. I'd have to find it. But I, I basically described it as, like I said, they're very handsome out of drag. So it's a win uh, basically gorgeous out of drag, terrifying in drag, a winning combination. And it's just like, exactly. I've seen their other looks they've been posting a lot recently. They guess you know, the show's going on. Terrifying. Just, they do horror. Like, oh my god. Anyway, uh, hometown Phoenix, pronouns he, him, they, them. Drag style of drag monster, and they take that literally. <laughs> Formaldehyde identifies as a digital drag artist who spent most of their time performing online and in digital drag shows, as opposed to traditional live stages and clubs. A true horror fan at heart, Formelda describes his drag as the true embodiment of fear, and through his drag, seeks to express the darkest elements of horror within our world. Through his unique blend of artistry and unconventional materials, Formelda hopes to use his new platform to change the way drag has traditionally been seen. I'm more than ready for this. I already have a top four in mind, but like I said, we'll get to that at the end of the episode when we can both say who I think our top fours will be. I think we're pretty much in agreement with who our top fours are. Yeah. But like I said, I am so ready for this. I love it. It's horror. It's a shoot. I'm trying not to spend so much time because I know if I end up saying something, I'll go off into a tangent, especially because eventually coming up, we have somebody I'm going to get on a quick tangent about, but not for good reasons, but we'll get to that. The point is, I love this. It's great. It's horror. Shoot. Next. Yes. A shoot. A look. Needles. Yes. Next up, another person I'm extremely excited for, our returning monster, the winner of Boulet Brothers Resurrection, and you can see how much we praise them if you go back and listen to that episode. Saint. It's looking like literal, like, Dracula meets Mad Max, fighter, vampire, demon queen, just looking like, ugh, it's gorgeous. I love it. Love the arm things. I love the hair. I love the dual rack and red and the legs, and it just, ugh, it looks amazing. And hopefully y'all are actually going and looking at these. I'm sure you can, you'll link the article to the, because I'm hoping y'all actually go look at these looks instead of just listen. Like, don't listen to us just describe it. Like, go look at these people. They look fan-fucking-tastic, you know? Yeah, appreciate the fucking trailer, too. <laughs> that, too. Like, it's it's four fucking minutes. Go exactly. On. If you have time to listen to this. If you have, you time, have time to listen to... to us ramble for an hour, you can watch a four-minute trailer. Trust me. Yeah, in your free time, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Anyway, let me get into this. Uh hometown harlem in manhattan new york pronouns he him she her they them drag style drag queen saint is the self-proclaimed runway demon queen of season four her drag is fueled by imagination and nightmares with a bit of fashion sprinkled on top and she proved her prowess as a drew drag icon by competing in and winning the boulet brothers dragula resurrection halloween special in 2020 as this is her second time competing on the show she feels her experience and growth as an artist have primed her perfectly to snatch the crown this time around and i agree with what i saw in resurrection what i'm seeing here and just in general i think she absolutely has what it takes to snatch this crown and i would be thrilled if she did i'd be thrilled if literally any of these people snatched the crown sans one but we're getting to that we get there we're getting there <laughs> oh the look is a toot i'm very happy let's move on yes and now and now oh oh yay speaking here of we the go. one here we go i'll start she's not the only bitter one. Oh, shut up you tape making that pun Anyway, please welcome to the stage, Bitter Betty, also known as Miss Sarah Andrews. I'm really not in the mood to get into the whole bit of it, because, again, I've already got... <sighs> Fuck it, I might as well. Y'all know I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna try and do it as condensely as possible. Uh, basically, there will be an article linked that we have that they'll put, I guess, in the bottom of however you do that in the... How do you do that? Will you be able to do in it? In the podcast description, I can like just copy and paste the template and then any added notes and stuff. Yeah, uh, but basically it's the main tweet. I have to go get the tweet. I had it somewhere. Essentially what Betty had said was... Um, Hold on, it's I don't give... I believe it's I don't give a fuck if... Oh god, I don't remember. It, it basically... The thing was, it's literally started like as soon as they were back to back on twitter after having been recording dragula right like they had just not just but obviously like very recent it definitely uh it definitely provoked some people's transphobia alarm bells which is interesting considering the fact that bitter betty is trans she is trans and it's 
but trans people can, you know, it's like it's trans true scum is what I believe it was said or something like that. True scum, yes. Right. Trans people can still be but yeah, the tweet was if your biggest concern is how people refer to you in the third person instead of your appearance getting you beat up or killed when you're in public, then I don't give a fuck what you have to say about trans issues. And it's just like What a way to reduce the problem. I just it's a super shitty take. It still is and the problem is like even later when people are trying to explain to her, she says she literally says like, I don't know, it's like I'm I'm not invalidating NBs, but also like I don't like it when people ask pronouns. So you're invalidating and like you're Oh my god. You are being a little bit of a shit gibbon. It's just like somebody said what she's basically doing is like literally dividing a line between trans people and non-binary people, basically defining them as two separate categories, which is completely ridiculous, you know? And it's fucked up. And that's, like I said, that's the one I'm not even going to, I just said it. I did it. There's a lot more. There's a whole ass thread that we're going to include. That's not what I'm going to get into. What I am going to get into is the separate thing that's actually been a thing for quite a while. But people seem to have mostly overlooked it. I don't think it's that they overlook it. It's people do call it out, obviously, but I don't think enough people talk about it. It's the fact that her business, which she sells wigs and has a website and everything, it's called 1-800-WIG-TAKEOUT and has heavily Asian-inspired theming, like specifically, like very stereotypical. A pagoda is her icon. She has very Asian, uh, what, I don't know what the word is, but it's like very, like you look at that and that's like racist Asian spelling, not spelling, but like word, font, font, yes. font that's it. Thank you font uh, cat the wigs come in takeout boxes and sarah andrews is a full-ass white woman using all this like it's not it's not even like oh it's just a tiny pagoda here no it's a pagoda the wigs come in takeout boxes there's takeout boxes here the these font style of the wig takeout the giant cat with the neko the, the neko doing the hand thing it's the lucky cat a lucky cat yes it's a lot for a white woman to be using that specifically for her brand yeah. And to be doing that, that are not enough people, obviously people are talking about the current issue that's going on, but the fact that this has just been going on, like this is something that has been like this for a while and it gets called out, but nothing is really done about it. And that's really fucking annoying. And I'm just, I'm so tired. This is the person I will not be talking about much this season. If stuff comes up, like as the season goes on, we will not really be talking about them unless like there's a specific plot point, including them. We'll talk about their runway very quickly. We'll talk about if they win a challenge or not. You know, it's it's really not like they are not a bad drag queen. I like this look that they have for their promo. It fits perfectly into the aesthetic that they're going for that I will read in the description. They are not a bad drag queen. I want to point this out just firstly, excuse me. I want to point this out because people sometimes think like, oh, you're saying this is bad this is, or something. So they are bad. No, I think they do very good drag. The problem is they tend to be have very bad takes, be a very bad person with those takes. So I don't want the two mixed up to be like saying that they have bad takes means they are a bad drag queen or they have bad drag. That is not what I'm saying at all. So I want that to be known. I'm just saying these are incredibly bad takes that people have tried to educate her for and she just continues to double and triple down about it and will not, I guess, relent on it. Another thing that really, I guess, like put it over the edge for me, I, I have to, oh, I have to find it. it uh, from a from a person I follow called Uretha Burns was somebody, they are a non-binary drag artist who I follow. And they were trying to call the, you know, call Betty out and explain to them what was going on, basically trying to have a conversation with them and I have to find, but basically they were trying to explain to them and Betty just responded to them basically with a picture that Uretha did sort of like a, a sexy photo shoot, basically saying like, you know, it's a cute little fun thing. And they were, and it had nothing to do. There was literally a back and forth between Betty and Urethra, you know, trying to talk it out, or at least Urethra trying to talk it out. And Betty just posting this to me and like, this is you? Literally, bye. Which brought nothing to the conversation, was basically shaming them for having this photo up. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. When it brought absolutely nothing to the conversation. Like, wh what? That's like a direct attack on them. Instead of trying to go back and forth into the conversation, just like, no, I'm here, I'm going to attack you, and I'm done talking to you, bye. Like, what the fuck does that do, Betty? Like, please explain. You can look it all up yourself, the whole thing, like I said, not all of it, but you can deep dive enough through it through this post on the that will be included. But like I said, go at your own risk. I am now going to read out the thing because I'm not... How do I, how do I explain it? You can't just ignore it. Yeah. Like, I think 
you have to address it right and we're addressing it up front yeah do that and then still talk about it like we can't just be like hey okay i'm just gonna skip over their bio and skip it because that's not fair to anybody to just be like no like it's or in this case i don't know how to explain it it's just uh it's i just don't think it's you have to give someone their due diligence even if they are a bad person right and again i still say the drag is good i like this look it's very like i said pink black very like Rah, I like it. Anyway, uh, hometown Los Angeles, pronoun she, her, drag style, drag queen. Bitter Betty is a self-identifying trans woman who brings 20 years of drag experience to the competition. She feels that trans drag artists are not allowed the same opportunities as cis drag performers, and she views the show as an opportunity to represent her community and bring home the crown. She draws inspiration from the colors and silhouettes of 80s cartoons and is bringing the camp experience and trans energy to the competition. And again, this is where I agree. I absolutely fucking agree that trans drag artists are not allowed the same opportunities as cis drag performers. However, I know that this is just an Entertainment Weekly article, and I'm sure they worded it in such a way that it's like that. But she is also, if she was on Twitter or something and said it to the effect, she would probably say it in such a bad way. The problem is she can have good opinions, like good takes, good or something, like a good base opinion, but then say it in the worst possible way. That's the problem. Yeah, it's like a side tangent of an opinion. And that's, like, the fucked up part. Like, she, you can have a right opinion, but if you say it in the wrong way, or you're like, here's my opinion about, like, trans people don't deserve to be killed. Like, basically what she's saying is, like, you know, trans people are getting killed for being trans. Right? Get that? That's fucking horrible. So I don't think that NBs should be talking about wanting their people to ask them for their pronouns because trans people are getting killed. That's where it fucks up. That's the part that's, like, fucked up if that makes sense Op opposition a does not equal out to opposition b yeah no it does not it's a non sequitur right but like i said at the end of the day i like the look i like the hair i like the gloves i like the boots i like everything matching it's pink and black and all that stuff it's cool it's a toot still i'm just it's good drag bad person or bad take person i guess anyway like i said we're moving on i told you that would take like 50 minutes <laughs> Moving on. Next up... Mary Cherry. Mary Cherry. Literally one of the funniest fucking people for the wrong reasons. Not the wrong reasons, but... So, if you go to the promo, this is why I also say go look. Specifically, go look at the actual promo picture that the whole cast is standing there, and you'll see Mary's dress is red. However, if you go watch the Meet the Monsters promo, it's actually purple. So it's just really funny to me that they specifically recolored it red for the, and you may think like, oh, maybe she wore a different dress, but no, because you can see the purple glitter that's in her hair in the promo picture that they did not recolor. The wig is the same? The wig is, the, well, of course, everything's the, the same. The earrings? The earrings are attached the same. Attached to it, mm -hmm. which is something we didn't realize. Oh, God, yeah, when we, when we first looked at it, it definitely, it was just like, oh, it's a simple dress, almost looks like a bed sheet quality. I was like, meh, but then, a uh, guy pointed out to me that, yes, the dress is actually being held by her earrings, which is really fucking cool. Yeah, and I have to say those earrings are also rather neat because oh, they look kind of like barbed wire. Uh-huh, I like it a lot. I also think it's just a dress problem. Like, I think this dress would help benefit hugely from, like, a wind machine sort of thing. It's definitely that kind of outfit. I still think it's nice. It's I love it. Anyway, we'll move on to... So, hometown Brooklyn. Brooklyn! Jake Lee Caliente, the queen of catchphrases. Pronouns, she, her, drag style, drag entertainer. That's me. <laughs> Mary Cherry is a drag pioneer in the Brooklyn, New York scene and is always the biggest personality in the room. Again, me. With her mixture of camp fashion and a unique sense of humor, me minus the fashion, she hopes to bring the strengths of a true entertainer to the competition, while never being afraid to be the butt of a joke herself. Me, because I am a joke and a butt. She's entering the comp- I'm kidding. She's entering the competition not striving to be perfect, but to keep the experience fun. Quote, at the end of the day, it's about entertaining, and that's what Mary Cherry does. Oh, and I'm definitely bringing a little drama, Mama, because we're all in a reality show, and who doesn't love a little fun? I agree. This is basically me summed up in a drag experience. Yeah. So I am definitely rooting for Mary Cherry. I love her. And it's just, like I said, is the look amazing? She's grown no, on us. Definitely grown on us. Just, I don't know. I love it. It's still, like I said, I think if somebody got a wind machine and just like, ooh, ooh, she's moving around with her arms like, I'm a bird, bitch. Look at me. That would be cool. <laughs> I'm a bird, bitch? I just, in my head, I always think there's a very funny, it's Willem's beatdown from way back when. Talking about, I, forget, I think it's a ladybird or something, but she's like, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what I would imagine Mary Cherry to do, like, to the wind machine. She's like, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bitch. Sounds about right for the drama. I just love it. Anyway, I like this. It's a toot. Let's move on. It's a toot, yeah. 
Next up, somebody I'm also very excited to see what they're from, even though I barely have any information on them, thanks to this EO article. They literally have the least amount of information. Thanks a lot. But I am very excited to see the Drag Chucky, as Guy described them. Yeah, Korean Drag Chucky. Which I think is a very funny way. I think it's just very good horror element look. Hoso Teratoma, which I am, like I said, very excited for. The hair, the face, the face boobies, the outfit, which all that ruching looks like what Ginger was trying to go for on her All-Stars 6 Redemption runway. I love you, Ginger. Please don't hate me. <laughs> I love you so much. Please, you're my mama. Please. <laughs> anyway, um, hometown, HBC town in Seoul, South Korea. Pronouns she, her, and they, them. Drag style, drag yokai. Hoso is the first internationally based Korean artist to compete on the show. She considers herself to be a drag yokai and draws visual inspiration from Eastern myths combined with the obscure, obscure, oh my god, obscure foreign references. I am just very excited. I love just, I, I mean, I've always, getting back into like using, I don't understand why people are like, I don't want to get back into it, but like using all that Asian specifically for her stuff and making it her brand is just weird. I love Asian culture. I love all types of it. It's great. It's cool. And shit like this excites me. Same with, like, Erica Clash. All the shit she brought really excited me and just still bitter that the Boulets didn't get the baby metal Danganronpa-esque reference, which was so annoying. They didn't at all. It's so sad. I'm not super familiar with baby metal, and yet I still got it immediately like that. It's like, baby metal are iconic even just for their social right. media. I just remember that episode that always sticks out to me that they didn't get it, plus the Danganronpa-esque. It's just, like I said, Asian culture and stuff like that, it's all... I love it, and I'm so excited to see what we're going to get from Hoso. Like, this look, everything about it, just... Uh, and I've watched some of their performances. I try to watch, like, once the... Obviously, the performances, and I learn about them, I want to watch their performances. This shit, Hoso ain't playing the fuck around. Like, Hoso ain't playing around. Get ready for this bitch. And I'm very fucking excited. I do love a good yokai, so... Look, into my opinion, it's a shoot. Let me be... I, I don't know why I do too. I'm just going to shoot everybody. I'm going to be nice. I don't care anymore. I... Because what's the point of being... Because fuck it, I'm not Roger or Raven. I don't have to be an asshole. I'm going to just shoot everything. I don't care. <laughs> Especially because this is... You know, well, I was going to say, this is a promo. We don't have limitations except those imposed by ourselves. Yeah, and this is a promo. I'm just going to shoot everything. We can wait for the actual episodes to actually, like, critique looks and stuff. That's stuff on a runway that possibly has a theme. This is just looks, you know? Yeah. And I'm excited for everybody. Again, Sans one, but I'm not getting into that. But like I said, everybody gets a shoot. Everybody. Coco and Mary and all of them. They all get shoots. Anyway, I'm excited for Hoso. Let's move on. We got two more to go. Next up is Astrid Aurelia, a punk queen. Yes, very, very punk rock. The look screams punk rock. That's another thing I like, and you know, that's why I kind of want to give everybody shoots, is that they all, all the looks, I think, from these descriptions that were given in their bios, I think they all fit those looks, fit that description, and that's something I really like when you can look at what they're being described as and look at that look and say, yes, I see that 100%, and that's shit I like. So this is definitely punk rock. Anyway, uh, hometown Phoenix, pronouns she, her, drag style, drag queen. Astrid is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist drag artist that uses her musical talents and punk rock fashion sense to produce incredible live musical shows. She's bringing her musical talents, fierce attitude, and love of fantasy creatures to the... <laughs> oh my god. I knew I was gonna fuck up. Anyway, and <laughs> love of fantasy creatures to the competition that she hopes will help her claw her way to the crown. Like I said, I fuck definitely... Up, daddy. Shut up, you... <laughs> Fuck out. You know what? I'm going to throw you off a bridge. No! It's fine. It's into a fun vat of jello. I don't want to fall into a vat of jello. I don't think I'd come back up. Jello is delicious. What are you talking about? Oh my god. You could just eat your way out. I would. I'm not a competitive eater. Oh, I don't care. I'd eat my. I'd, I almost did. I'd eat myself out. She eats herself out. She eats herself oh, wow. out. You she would if you her. could, wouldn't you? <laughs> I plead the fifth. I will not comment. I'm excited for this look. <laughs> Definitely punk rock. I love it. Multicolored, leather, fishnets, the devil horn, one horn. I like it. Everything. It's, again, I think shoot. there's actually a second one underneath Probably the, the hat. hat. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, a jacket that says tax fraud. Mm -hmm. Stunning. I gotta get into Juno Birch. Oh, stunning. No, I can't do it. I, I can't even try to intimidate the absolute icon that is Juno Birch. Please get her on as a guest judge for season three or season four, any type of UK, just, uh, anyway, I love her to death. But anyway, like I said, this look is great. Shoot it because they're all getting shoots. We're moving on. I like this last person because, oh my God, it's been almost an hour. Let's go. 
Let's go. Jade, Joe, Lee. I think I've seen her somewhere before. No, wait, this isn't Jade Jolie. <gasps> it's Taylor Swift. No, wait, had it right the first no, time. No, it is Jade. Oh, I did have it right the first time. It's interchangeable, these two. Hometown Gainesville, Florida, though I believe she currently resides in uh, Kentucky. Pronouns she, hers, drag queen, monster, celebrity impersonator, all of the above. Jade Jolie considers herself a drag chameleon, and while she's already known as a previous competitor on RuPaul's Drag Race, she hopes to show audiences that she can evolve and adapt to any drag drag medium. A lover of all forms of drag, Jade enters the competition with a desire to prove to the world that her drag style doesn't just fit into one category or box. While she feels people may be expecting a certain kind of drag from her, she warns them to expect the unexpected. I'm bringing things people would never think I was capable of. Get ready. This look is definitely mental asylum, white rabbit, sexy-ish. It's, it's different than everybody else's. Yeah, a mad bondage bunny is what I... Right, what I'm I not... It. It's fine. Like I said, I, I don't care. Everybody's still getting shoots. It's not my favorite, though. Um, just because, like, I don't... I've seen better monster looks just off drag, I guess, like, an Instagram. You've seen better bondage rabbit looks. Oh, my God. You have to bring Manila into everything, don't you? I... <laughs> I didn't even have to say that it was Manila. Yeah, you do I know. know it was Manila, though. That just proves how iconic it is. Shut up, you. Any, my point is, I just know how much you like Manila that I can know that you're talking about her. <laughs> anyway, like I said, it's fine. I'm excited to see what we get from her because I have seen monster looks outside of this promo that she's done that are amazing. So I'm excited to see what she'll be able to bring inside the show. And basically, hopefully people... Because I've seen people that are like, Oh my god, Jay Jolie, she was on Drag Race. What the fuck is she doing on Dracula? Like, just give it a chance. You'll see. But like I said, I'm excited for it. And I think that was the Meet the Monsters. For the love of God, let's get out of here. We'll see y'all in October when the actual season starts. All right. This has been Andrew B. and... Guy, your non-binary smith. That'll do it for us signing off until, like I said, October 19th, although, it'll, like I said, it'll more likely be the 21st or 22nd, a couple days after the episode. But we will get it out before everybody else, or at least try to. Yeah, we'll try to get it out before the next episode. Oh, definitely. It will be. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We do not own, express ownership for, or desire for ownership of any clips or discussed content. All copyrights and trademarks belong to their respective owners. Two Gays Dragcast is co-written, recorded, and produced by Andrew B. or Andrew Blossoms and me, Guy Smith. Editing, showrunning, and community management by Guy Smith. You can find our links in the description to our YouTube channels. If you dig a little deeper, you can find our Twitter pages as well. However, we aren't guaranteed to be all that active on there. This is an independent production. We do not pay for advertising. Following and sharing the show is the best way to support it. You can find all of our information about the show, as well as every existing episode and all the other platforms that we exist on, all at one place. Anchor.fm forward slash 2GaysDragCast. That is the number 2, G-A-Y-S-D-R-A-G-C-A-S-T. That again is Anchor.fm slash 2GaysDragCast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye now.